Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Welcome in to yet another episode of Rookie on the Rise, ladies and gentlemen, kind folks, wonderful people, amazing listeners. I am excited. We are not only rounding out the first bit of our running backs, but we are bringing on, that's right, a guest, because what's Rookie on the Rise without guests? And furthermore, what's Rookie on the Rise without guests that haven't been here before? Because that's how we do things! So, without further ado, from riding a bull once in Kansas... To writing for IDP guys and finding him on Twitter at K C A L L I K I N G 49ers17. Mace, how are we doing today, man? What is going on? Been a listener for a while. Uh, super, super stoked to be here, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm pumped to have you on. I'm excited. Uh, I just quick question: how does that Twitter handle come to fruition? Is it Cali King? Is it Cal Liking? Yes. Okay, it's Cali King. Okay. Cali right. King, 4917. So I was in the military for a while and um, I just um, detached from everything. So I wanted to put everything into one. And just so everyone knows that I'm a 49er fan, I like the Kings. And I got out in 2017. So, wow, that's mm-hmm. deep. I was just figuring that like Cali King, 49ers was already taken. So you're like, fuck it, I'll put my favorite number right. on it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I was like, is it Cal Liking, 49ers? I'm like, well, his name's not Cal. Anyways, my brain works real great. Oh, I wonder if everyone has that problem whenever they're doing it. They're like, what is this guy thinking? I think it's perfect because <laughs> it's mental warfare. It's perfect. It's what right? it's a day in the age that we're in. So before we get started, I like to start off with the question of the show for many reasons, mostly because it's a fun way to kind of loosen up any tension and to give the listeners a little more interesting, introspective look into who you are as an individual besides just phenomenal analysis. So if you were giving 30 minutes to prepare of preparation to perform for the talent show for a talent show what would you do um i would probably have to grab my bass guitar and horribly play some power chords and attempt to sing for everyone Uh, my fiance says that i'm a good singer i like singing jack johnson john mayer john legend stuff like that super nervous about it though so but um yeah i would probably just get up there close my eyes and give it hell 
I like that. I was, you know, I'd, so you you have a fallback. You have music to fall back on, right? Uh, I just like music. I mean, I yeah. guess I could fall back on it. I don't know how easy the land would be. That, but like, it's better than some of those that has no musical background. Because like, I guess I'm going to go and reenact. I'm pretty sure most people go with Napoleon's dance. And, you know, that's just what's important. That's what's important to Napoleon dance. I'll cut that one out. It's fun anyways. All righty. So what's important is the rookie breakdown. What's even more important is focusing on what the rookies can and cannot do. And luckily, we were blessed with the combine. You heard a little bit about me and Shane's thoughts earlier today in the earlier episode. And it's important because ultimately, when it comes to running backs, that's the position that has the most fluctuation pre and post combine other than the draft. So really quickly, Mace, what was the biggest takeaway for you from the combine? Um, personally, just the uproar that it really gets from everyone. It gets everyone's blood hot and boiled, man. Like regardless, it, even if people have their guys, people are switching guys, people are accusing people of not liking guys. And I mean, just the rise and fall of fantasy and NFL, the implications of everything. It's just, it's completely wild. Like to try to surmise, I mean, it's not even over. I'm sitting here trying to watch some of it right now, but to surmise everything that goes on, it, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. But I love every single second of it. It's the best. It's yeah. the best of the world. And you know it. <laughs> uh, 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 I love yeah. their naked ladies. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better in, there's nothing better in the Twitter sphere is that like my, I like this guy before you like this guy. And I don't care that you like this guy now, but I'm better. Ah, yeah. Fantasy hipster Great. edition. Yes. The fantasy hipster edition. That, that's a good, that's a good phrase right there. <laughs> so we were going to talk about Kyron Williams. I was going to stuff him down the show sheet, but honestly, we talked to the pre-show about him and I just feel a need and an urge to talk a little shit. All right. Now <laughs> we, before the combine, we were going to talk about Kyron because Kyron was relatively highly ranked by myself and many others because, well, honestly, because of his pass blocking. And I was going to ask, let's say, now Williams made some noise about his pass blocking, but do you ever think that that's a good thing or is it a, is that indicative that his other skills maybe just aren't good? And then he comes and runs a four seven fucking two at the combine Not unofficially, so and I just oh, oh it's worse. If you guys don't know, if a running back runs a four seven or greater officially, they are legitimately like DOA. There's just no hope for them. There you can you can take him at the very end, but it's no hope, nothing. It's awful. So. For me, Kyron Williams is essentially dead to me as a fantasy football player. Maybe like a very late round flyer, definitely a free agent pickup post-draft. Where is he for you? Uh, probably around the same place. Um, I don't know if people still get spicy on him and try to take him a little early just so they won't have to sit and wait, but that's not going to be me. Uh, he'll be, for me personally, I think he'll be a, a nice third down back for NFL team, but I don't know about, like, I don't know. Everything that is just coming to fruition for me personally, I'm not. I'm not completely numb, so I'm. I, I'm just gonna be throwing a dart if I do. You know. I think maybe that's I'll, perfect. Maybe I'll drunk draft him a couple times. But, and, but there's always what I say: drunk drafting is the most efficient way to draft. Right. No sooner <laughs> than the third, though. I'll, 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 in all honesty. Yeah. So, just not to to not be a dead horse, but realistically. Kyron Williams brings a really solid pass blocking to the field and he brought a decent production at Notre Dame, but he just, he finished the combine with a four, six, five, but he came in at one ninety four. So really it's just fantasy wise. You're just not finding a whole lot from him. And we'll talk about him later. And these many, many leaders in the podcast, we're talking about the guys like 
uh, who's that Ty Chandler, those type of guys in that region there, the flyers that really don't deserve a ton of time on a show because realistically they're not going to be that important to the fantasy spectrum. So I do want to talk about some people that are important to the fantasy spectrum. First and foremost is the previous Alabama running back, then Cincinnati running back, Jerome fucking Ford. Came in at 5'11 and 210 at the combine. He has a pretty decent production history when we're looking at his time in Cincinnati. His senior season, he ran for 1,307 yards. He had 21 receptions for 220 yards. He surmassed 1,500 total yards with 20 total touchdowns from scrimmage. Overall, what's your initial reaction with Jerome Ford, Mace? I am a Jerome Ford truther myself. I love what everything that's going on with Cincinnati. I actually, Ritter has just been so like, I love a lot of aspects of his game. And honestly, sometimes I feel like the the coaching, the play calling kind of goes away from Ford. So he hasn't really, I mean, like he's had his opportunities and he's, he's done so with what he's had. Um, but I would still like to see more. And I feel like he's got a little bit more to offer than what he has on tape. And that's, that's good for me. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's, 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 he has what you like to see right now. Pre pre combine. He is a, he's projected as a fifth round draft pick, which is very shocking for myself by the NFL mock draft database and the overall 112th pick. Now those two things don't make sense because 112th pick is before the fifth round. But, say, yeah. uh, you know, I, I can't help people because math is hard and it's very likely that I went, it is. it's very likely I went with his best pick instead of overall either way. Do you think he did enough at the combine to improve that projected draft stock? I think so. I think that he was going to go up regardless anyways, uh, a couple spots, at least for me personally. Um, if there was going to be someone that I was going to essentially like reach on, I guess it would just be just because I, I do like him personally, but um, I, I just really, I don't know. I really like him. I like him no, a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame you. He, he ran a four, four, six, stumbling out of the gate or four five stumbling out of the gate of the combine. Then he went down a second attempt and ran a four, four, six, which gives him a speed score of 106. And which is good because when you're looking at running backs, you want speed scores over a hundred because that is a level playing field for what you were seeing uh, in or deter indeterminate of weight or, and so it's just how fast are you regardless that speed score is a 79th percentile, which is good. He also has a burst score of 112, which is good. At least what it'll be like to see. His birth score, actually, I lied. His birth score is a 22nd percentile. It's it's not very <laughs> I, I'm a dirty liar. I lied. I'm sorry. Psych. I read it wrong. Psych. Graphs are oh. hard, okay? Fuck. Oh, man. But he also, he, he did have a 31-inch vert. Nobody tested agility, agility testings because it was like 11 o'clock at night, and they were tired because the combine really fucked this one up. Worse so than others. But – what are some things that stuck out for you for Jerome Ford? What would you what would you say his best trait is? He is a very solid downhill runner, and if there's a hole between the guard and tackle, he'll find it. And if there isn't one, he's going to make one. So that's something that really uh, also is goal line efficiency. And he's not always in playmaker mode, but there was a game I don't remember. Maybe it was UCF, like the start of that second quarter. He just turned that shit on, dude, and just went. And that is what you love to see because all that up, you know, upside, upside, upside. It's there. So uh, aside from that, his goal line efficiency. I don't know if I already said that. He's got decent cutback moves. Um, the only thing for me, I guess, would be his blocking. It's there. He's just a little bit late sometimes, or he'll maybe do a misread and look outside before inside, things like that, but that's coachable. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd love this guy. Yeah. I mean, speaking of his blocking, I'm glad you brought it up. He had 
83 pass blocking snaps in uh, this his senior season. He, he PFF rated him as a 49.1, which kind of goes to show what you're talking about regarding his blocking and things like that. But I mean, honestly, that's that's a lot of snaps that we'd like to see, and so it's important that he's getting that work and that attention because uh, if you guys caught Rich's show when, with me, was that me three episodes ago before the combine? We talked about how blocking is coachable, but it's always nice to have an innate ability and willingness to do so because that's really what it comes down to is are you willing to stick your chin in that guy's sternum and push him as hard as you can and or get run over many, many, many times. Well, he'll now, also – sorry, real quick. He'll do no it at good. the second level too on his on the RPOs and stuff. He'll go and try to find out that safety and create an edge for that that slide back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I do. That's, I like that's that. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. amazing. So I think that he's going to need some time and – uh he could take on a combo role maybe at first and um, then maybe get the reins over time. But uh, as far as like him and all of his skills and intangibles, I think it's going to not, maybe not be completely smooth, but it's not going to be like a rocky start. You know what I'm saying? He'll be all right. He'll be able to get in there. He'll, he'll get some of his touches and be able to show flashes and be a nice change of pace back. I like that. I see. I think, I think he even has a higher, higher ceiling than a change of pace back to be completely honest. I mean, that size at two tens, perfect. Right. And then, you know, Looking, looking at, looking at the nerd analytic look, analytic things like that. Uh, he had a 5.9% target share his senior season, which is really nice. He was responsible for 27% of the team's offense, which is solid. It's an 87th percentile right there. It's what we like to see. Yeah. He was getting worked in as a pass catcher. Luckily, his senior year, he didn't get a whole lot of work prior, which is important. Yeah, he only dropped mm-hmm. one pass. Yeah, when we're looking at his efficiency rating, he his yards per team attempt, he was he had a 2.82 uh, yards per team team attempt, which is a 93rd percentile, which means he's very efficient, which is important to me when it awesome. comes to running backs or anyone else. Because let's be honest, if you ain't efficient with the ball, I don't fucking want you on my team. Yeah, why, why are you holding it? You know I'm saying? Yeah. Now, granted, he only did he, – he didn't break out until his 2021 season, which is unfortunate. Uh, but that's, just, that's how things go sometimes. He had a really good missed tackles forced his senior season with 52, which was a 91st percentile, but his yards after contact per attempt was only 39th percentile. Then that dropped significantly from his 2020 season when he had 4.63, his senior season had 3.07. But what was nice and I liked it is that he took back that, that backfield in Cincinnati last year with a 69.7 backfield dominator rating. Uh, last year, he was sharing the backfield with Jared Dokes, I believe I want to say. Um, and a couple other people. So it's kind of nice that he took it back for him. I know some people are a little lower on him overall, but I think just what he offers is he's, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where you fall on him in terms of your rankings. But for me, I think he's pretty solid at running back four for me right now, just because he offers good size. He's athletic. He's fast. Um, I, we'll see how his agility is. It'll play into it a little bit, but he's productive and he's a good catcher. So he's kind of like a total package in terms of those things. Where do you kind of fall on that? Um, right now I, I still have to tweak everything. I got to look over numbers and do all that after this uh, weekend, but I'm probably from four to eight, four to seven, somewhere like that. And just jumble them in there. I'm yeah. I mean, sort of here. I mean, like at that point, <laughs> you're, after yeah. three, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. That's right. Like, yeah, exactly. The com the combines cleared some things up quite a bit in terms of like who I'm not going to rank highly, but there's still some <laughs> things that are going to be a bit more in the area what yeah, would you we say still got pro days too though yeah yeah exactly so our pro days and we still got the draft and that's important so what are what are what would you say the biggest concern you have for jerome ford in the nfl is for you 
finding an offense that's going to be willing to work with him and give him the opportunities that he's going to need to grow as an NFL running back. Uh, you put him on a team, someone like, I don't know, like Tampa Bay or something, Bruce Arians might pull him if he misses a block real quick. So he's not going to get that time, you know. Uh, it, it really, like like I was saying, from four to eight, four to seven range, yeah. it's all dependent on his landing spot for me personally. I, I think that he has the ability, and I'm pretty sure he has the mindset. So, yeah. I like that. And I, it sounds like the concern maybe is just that he's, he may be a little more raw than other people. Right. Yeah. We've only seen him for the one year, get the full yeah. load and stuff like that. Yeah. And then with the offense, I don't know if they didn't really trust him or if they just wanted to put all the light on Ritter and let him do his thing. So I don't know. I'm really, um, really intrigued to see what kind of offense he goes into. As am I. He, he did have a relative athletic score of 7.76, which was labeled as okay. He's, uh, he's, he's the 341st out of 1,519 athletic running back. And if you're not sure what that database is, uh, you can go on Twitter and go type in at math bomb. He's got this huge database of just the relative athletic score for every single position. And it's just a really good summarization of the overall players athleticism and kind of how they measure up against all the total, uh, all the total people kind of in that relative area. And that's going to change too. Once we get there are, or their agility scores, but hopefully he's agile and he'll be able to boost that up a little bit. So Next one up is someone who I'm, I was impressed with. I'll be honest. I kind of wrote him off. I had him ranked really lowly pre-combine and he just sort of came, came back swinging and kicking and reminded everyone why Georgia is such a powerhouse of a fucking conference. And that's Zamir White. Zamir White, excuse me. Uh, Zamir White currently is a fourth round projected draft pick. His overall average spot is 105. Again, by the NFL mock draft database, they compile all of that information and things like that. He spent three years at Georgia. He also suffered two ACL tears. And for some reason, he's been able to just, he spent more than three years. He spent, I think he spent four years at Georgia. That was wrong. My apologies. But he's right here this first year. I'll double check on that. But either way, he tore both ACLs, which is basically what running backs have to do if they go to Georgia. It's just part of the deal. It's horrible. But his senior year, he had 161 attempts for 859 yards. He had eight receptions for 72 for 72 yards. He had 931 total yards and 11 total touchdowns. So Mace, coming with Zamir White, what's your kind of initial takeaway with him? What he's able to offer? Um, I, I really think that he's uh, a smart, I, I guess like a smart runner, but I was really impressed with his pre-snap, the way that he looks. Um, Georgia has a lot of motion with the running backs. They'll, they'll move them from the left side to the right side, like really quick before they hand the ball off. So stuff like that. Um, he's got a really good play fake. You can see the hole, and he just pushes through on tackles. Good luck. If you're trying to come at him with arms, it's not happening, dude. He's going to bust through you. And he's a championship winner. So, Yeah, so he he, 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 uh, he did redshirt because he tore his ACL as a freshman. Okay. And so he didn't get any work there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, Zamir White, he's, he had a really good pro day as well, which is why I kind of – combine, which is why oh. he kind of rose up my board because if you guys listen to my – combine podcast when it comes to like ranking positions by the amount of influence they have on the combine running back is top because athleticism is the most important part of being a running back assuming you have the tools to be able to utilize that efficiently and zamir white had a 9.82 relative athletic score he was 29th out of 1519 and a lot of that is because he came in at such a good way to the combine he came in with at 511 214 and he had a he ran a four four flat, which is a 114 speed score. He had a 
62nd percentile burst score and his speed score is 93rd percentile. Like when it comes to what he's given you athletically, he's, and it's impressive because he didn't really show a lot of that on tape. Everyone was kind of worried about what he's going to run, but oh boy, blew the, blew the doors right off. What would you say the most or the best trade is for Zamir White for you? He just keeps his feet moving and he can be patient in the backfield without dancing. He'll okay. sit there and let the play develop and let it come to him and then he'll go and hit it. And if he doesn't have anything, then he's just, he's going for it. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to see here. Yeah. You can see the whole, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell because I'm looking at the numbers is uh, 2020 and 2021 seasons are pretty much identical aside from like 20 rushing attempts. Um, and there's a lot of turnover. They have like four backs. I think I was messaging you beforehand. I was like, dude, I cannot believe how many running backs Georgia has. So yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I hate to use the term sample size, but it really is a, a small size for what he can do. So that, I don't know that for me, there, there's a lot of like, what ifs or a lot of question marks, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like fantasy production, I, I think he could go to a team and, and be very efficient. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's, as you mentioned, like Georgia's always ran at least two running backs. And this year they ran even more because Kendall Milton tore his ACL, which is ironic because he was a hot incoming sophomore. Um, and then they had Zamir White and they had oh, James Cook and then like another running back. I can't think of off the top of my head, but they're just running that, that, that quintuplet of just pure, <laughs> pure love. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like as a result of, not getting the full work workload, your, your metrics kind of suffer a little bit. Right. And it is important that every year he did increases, he did increase his total yardage from scrimmage. Uh, it's also important to mention that his biggest concern for me right now is that he wasn't involved in the passing game. He had a 2.65% target share in 2021 and 2.61% yeah. target share in 2020. That's just not going to cut it. I want at least 5% or higher. If it's going to be somewhat yeah. reasonable. And that doesn't mean that he can't necessarily catch. What it just means is that the coaching staff – and granted, he did have James Cook to buy with. Oh, so yes. like, yeah. The opportunity is not there to be like, if you're better than James Cook as a pass catcher, then you're going to be like running back two or three in his class with what you're also offering. But so I don't know how much of that is just because he's not that good as a pass catcher compared to just James Cook being that guy as yeah. a pass catcher. What do you feel like Zamir White's biggest setback for him or for you is? Um, yeah, like, okay, so what I have right here, first thing is not utilized much in the past game, but like you said with Cook, I mean, you know what I mean? They kind of just were a good tandem. And then, um, he doesn't have the best cut move, I guess. I don't think so. He kind of gets tripped up in his his footwork and things like that. And that kind of gets the best of him sometimes. Um, aside from that though, like I said, there's just for me personally watching the tape and the uh, videos that I had available to me, it's just, there's a lot of question marks. So I, yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind getting him and just seeing what happens. Yeah. I mean, each year, 2020, 2021, he had 22% of the offense is the total yards market share. He had 21% of the offense is 2021 season, which was the 74th percentile. When you're dropping down to his efficiency metrics, he was just over two at 2020 with 207, which is 78th percentile. He just dropped under at 2021 with 1.93, which is a 90 or 76th percentile. So like, Ideally, I'd like to see that flip where he's slowly increasing, but from 2019 to 2020, 2021, he retained an efficiency that wasn't like going to kill him off for me totally. Right. And again, yeah. when you're being, when you're kind of working and that's, that's normal. Like for instance, when we're looking at Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams this year had a yards per team attempt, just barely over one, which is he was like a tick worse than Melvin Gordon. 
from an efficiency standpoint, but like, that's just kind of what you're going to get. You're not going to get a huge efficiency score just because you're not getting so much work of the ball. And that plays into that. He did have a, he did break out his, the 2020 season, which is his red shirt junior or sophomore year, his third year out of college or out of high school with a 24.5% dominator rating is he had a 26.7 dominator rating in 2021. His yards after contact was fine. His senior year, he had a 68th percentile yards after contact. He had 37 missed tackles forced. And he, like we mentioned, his backfield boundary rating wasn't huge. So I think all in all with Zamir White, what we're looking for is we're just looking at opportunity for him, right? Yes. I, I think, would you say, do you think he has the ability to dip into the third round in the draft? Or do you think he's pretty much blocked as a fourth round pick? We're talking NFL draft? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't see why a team wouldn't come up and you know take a chance on him. I mean, why not, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't have anything on tape that's like you. No, I yeah, uh, no. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah third fourth round definitely is that's where I'm kind of feeling him right now. More and so like mid mid to late third. But I yeah, I mean if he gets day two draft capital, I I would be very very excited about what the likelihood of success is for him if, to me at least. I'm do looking you, where I got him ranked right now. Do you think that he'll, his um, ACLs will come back to haunt him as far as the draft process goes? I mean, I haven't really, I mean, he hasn't showed on tape or anything, but it's, I don't know, just a question. Because medicals, when we don't get the interviews and stuff, but. No, we won't. We'll find out if it does. I think you'll hear about it in the next month or so. I think yeah. we have, I think we have like something like 56 days until the, until the draft. So if, if that is an issue, you will hear about it kind of leaking out a little bit how, you know, Zamir White's medicals didn't clear, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for me, though, until I have that, I just I don't really care. I got him ranked at running back eight right now, um, just just ahead of Damian Pierce and just behind the guy we're about to talk about next. Um, and I think it's and realistically, he could maybe bump up a little bit there. But the, the nice thing about this class is, is kind of what we railed against it for so long is, you know, like, yeah, we're missing a lot of top end guys all around. Like there's not a ton of elite prospects. There's baseball. Yeah. There's you know, Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson, whoever your flavor is. And like Malik Willis, maybe fantasy wise. Right. But yeah, the depth of this class is so fucking good. It's yeah. so good, especially the running back. They really picked up their, they really helped their stock quite a bit here. And just for fantasy terms, it's unfortunate because usually in Superflex, which is a predominantly most normal format is you have three or four quarterbacks that'll push most of that down. But now mm. we have two maybe three, depending how you feel about Pickett, which is going to kind of make these guys a little bit overdrafted. So it's going to be interesting to see how things play around. Where do you, where do you currently slate Zemir White right now in terms of like what his fantasy appeal for you is? Honestly, I, I hate to say this, but I'm really just going to wait and see where he goes before. I mean, I don't know. A lot of my drafts are after the fact. I just, for me to go out and feel confident in drafting him for my fantasy team is at this point, it's just not there. I'm, I've not seen enough on tape. Now. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in like the dart throws, like, okay, maybe towards the end or no, like mid rounds for sure. Um, but I'm still a little bashful on just like jumping out there and, you know, sticking my paws on him. So let's say that, let's say that he gets day two draft capital. Let's say he finds a, goes to the chargers, right? So he's going to be, he's going to be helping Austin Eckler a little bit, kind of not take such a huge workload. Where would you be, where would you be excited to draft him in a rookie draft? Um, maybe the middle of the second. It really just depends because he could get the goal line work, but at the same time, so does. Right. I mean, if he's going there, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, just to pick at it. But um, 
but yeah, probably probably mid mid second. Yeah, I think I, I have a sneaking suspicion that's probably where he's going to be going for the most part. And I think it's mm-hmm. really good value for what he's going to be able to offer you, right? Yes. Because well, I'll talk. I'll do a podcast about it later. But when we're talking about statistic likeliness of the fantasy hit, that after the third pick it just plummets, and and after the second it goes worse, and just keeps dropping lower and lower and lower. Yeah. Going the fifth round, and we're just drafting guys that we like to think are possibly realistic. You get the, now, the Dokes hype train. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget that. Love me some good Dokes. Love me some good yeah. Dokes. Now, it's always important to mention uh, the Alabama bump. I think there's a common saying in film watching don't or scout the player, not the helmet. And yeah, I think most people do their best with that. And it's not easy because it's really easy to get overwhelmed and persuaded by the color of their helmet and the shape of the logo. But I think the NFL has a tendency to kind of just grant a bit of the cautionary or not cautionary to um, benefit, give the, give the, give the player benefit of the doubt, depending on what player or team they're from, oh, which is coach from Saban. So like, it, nah, it's, it's all right. It's don't even try. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which is well, kind they, of, yeah, they do the same but, thing with the combine scores too. Sorry. They're like, well, I mean, you didn't really show it on tape. Maybe that much, but this guy can run a four, two, five. So he can run a 425. Exactly. Which is kind of why uh, with Brian Robinson, he's just fifth year senior out of Alabama. And granted, like, let's be honest, realistically, what do you, what is he going to do that you're going to expect him to do behind all of that talent? Right. He didn't eclipse a hundred yards or a hundred, a hundred attempts until his 2021 season where he had 271 attempts, which was fucking absurd people. He had 1,343 yards. He had 35 receptions for 296 yards. He had 16 total touchdowns, 16, 1,632 total yards from the scrimmage, 306 total plays. So similar to Zemir White, similar or not Zemir White, but similar to Jerome Ford. Is this last season for Brian Robinson Jr. for you enough to – think that he's got some actual legs to be a potential workhorse. Cause I mean, he's got the size he weighed in at the combine at uh 225 pounds, six, two. So do you think he's got the profile to kind of back that up? Um, I, I, okay. I was not like the highest on him. The more I got to watch him, the more I kind of fell for him, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. I love his feet. I love the way that he looks and he goes forward just for me. He's not going to run anyone out of the stadium. You know right. what I mean? Right. So like he'll maybe, I mean, I keep on saying it, but goal line efficiency would be fine. He's got a great jump cut at the line of scrimmage, but sometimes on quarterback scrambles, he, he looks kind of like out of it. Like he's not really sure what's going on. And so those are the, uh, the things that I know I think might keep him off of the field at first when he starts, mm-hmm. but if he can come around, I feel like he could be a very efficient, maybe like a flex, something like that for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he at the combine he tested the forty yard dash, the vertical, and the broad jump, and he ran a four five three forty yard dash, which gives him a one hundred and six one hundred six point eight six speed score, which is good enough, right? Like it's not blowing yeah. you away, good, but it's good enough. And I mean, we yep. sh- he showed that time after time after time at Alabama this year is he he's able to break tackles, he's able to show some initial burst, he's able to get through the hole. He just isn't always able to kind of capstone that huge run with keeping it that momentum carrying forward into the end zone which i mean is unfortunate because that is something that i really appreciate is the people like Reese hall where once they get free they stay free into the end zone mm-hmm. um you know i think brian robinson's burst is a little disappointing i'd say it's probably lower 50th percentile i don't have that information currently in front of me just yet because we haven't plugged it into the debbie uh dashboard which by the way folks 
if you guys are looking for a mix of Debbie highlight, Debbie films, uh, studies and rankings, and we just have a new metrics dash- dashboard for our running backs and our wide receivers and our tight ends. It's all in one place. It's all basically for free for the cost of a, a case of beer. You get the brand. And if you're interested, go ahead and at, or go ahead and hit Brandon on Twitter at Debbie deep dive, and he'll get you set up. It's probably one of the best purchases I've made in my entire fantasy football career, even more so almost oh. than like some of those other services that are a little bit more. Either way, yeah. like it, it's it's unrivaled and what he's able to get you. And you also get like 250 people to talk and bounce ideas off of and stuff like that. So we don't. And so, you know, what what Brian Armisen was able to do his senior years, it, it's impressive. Right. So he had 86 percentile is 27 percent of an Alabama offense, which is 86 percentile. He had a nine point two percent target or uh, he had a six point six four percent target share, which is really impressive. He had 60 percent of the runs market share. He had 2.45 yards per team attempt, which is an 89th percentile. And you guys know how much I like that. So I don't need to go on. He did officially break out his 2021 season with a 22.8 a dominator rating. He had 3.29 yards after contact per attempt, which is a 51st percentile. He had 79 missed, ta- missed tackle or forced, missed tackles forced, which is a 99th percentile. Yeah. And then he had a 62.6 backfield dominator rating. I mean, the, the question is for you, Mace, is that Brian Robinson did everything humanly possible to do to elevate his draft stock. Like, there's not a lot more that he could have done yeah. in like this year to help elevate his chances of being drafted highly in the NFL. So how do you think the NFL, the NFL views him? I don't, I don't know, because like you said, there's not a lot of top heaviness in this class. So he's just kind of put in that jumble. So I just, I mean, if a, if a team or a coach falls in love with him at the pro day, then I feel like they're going to, you know, they might put him ahead of two other guys. Um, Right now, I currently have him just in front of the guy that we just talked about. And that's just because of his questions. But if his medical comes out good and everything's looking all right, and his pro day is amazing, then you could flip off him. So it uh, really just depends on what you're looking for out of your offense and what kind of a leader you want, because everyone's a different human and they have different effects on people around them. So I feel like you did a good job breaking down his film and a little bit kind of like what he offers. You know, he just, he, Thank you. he has everything that you want from a running back. He just doesn't do anything elite, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing really like, Oh my God, I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. You know, his, he had an 8.18 relative athletic score. Which was two hundred, which is two hundred seventy seventh out of one thousand five hundred nineteen. So like he's he's doing enough to like make him worthy in fantasy. I think him and Zamir White and like not Rashad White because he'll get probably overdrafted. Maybe don't yell at me, guys. But I'm still not fully <laughs> around on him just yet. But like him and Algier and Ford or not Ford and White and a couple other people. You know, I think they're going to be all drafted really like in in succession in most rookie drafts, yeah. just because like they're so tightly grouped. And 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 as you said, like it's hard to give you any hard information because it's going to change after the draft because we have draft it's capital eight times. Oh yeah, we got draft capital. We have team landing spot. We have opportunities. We have team tendencies, and it's just all kind of going to mesh in. But we're doing the best we can until we have that actual information. Brian Robinson is a fourth round projected has a fourth round draft projection. Do you think he did enough at the combine to improve that to get to day three? Or do you still think he's kind of like teetering that Michael Carter range? 
And I think he's just going to be the poster boy for the day threes at this current time right now. Um, maybe if he does something outstanding and takes the lid off at his pro day, but I don't really foresee anything nuts happening. Like, I feel like he is what we think he is maybe. So what is it? They are who we thought they were. They are. Like you are yeah. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. Like that. So, I mean, nothing against them at all, but I, I really do feel like if someone does get him in the fourth round, they're getting a really phenomenal player. At that point. Right. Because I, I mean, I think I think his helmet is gonna keep him in day two. Okay, right? I can see that. Yeah, like it's the helmet for him, and also what he's done. Like I, I I'm curious. I want to see how him and Najee Harris fared up their last two seasons. That's because, what I was gonna say. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure they're pretty fucking close. So Najee yeah. Harris had 1,466 rushing yards his senior season. Brian Robinson had 1,343. Najee Harris had 426 receiving yards. Brian Robinson had 296. So this is going very poorly, people. It's just backfiring on me immediately. <laughs> but he was close to Najee Harris. And by close, I mean like 200 total scrimmage yards off post-esque. Well, um, but one like, had Mac Jones, though. Right, right. One had Mac Jones and one had Bryce Young. Like, you know, so like trade-offs here and there. I do think what he did is really impressive because as I – and the people that have been listening to me since day one, like, honestly, who are you? Cause I don't think there is anybody, but if you are, let me know because I'll buy you zeros. coffee or something. Right. Yeah. Like my day zeros because y'all ain't there. <laughs> uh, maybe you, Ben, I like you, Ben. I know you, I know you ride or die with me, but like, you, you know, if a, if a player comes back for their fourth year in school, I don't like that because then you have the responsibility to show me, which is biased and rude. I understand, but you have the responsibility to show me that you are coming back for a reason and you are going to absolutely obliterate your your competition because you're that much older than them and you need to. And that's what Brian Robinson did, just yeah. like Tyler Batty, just like Devonta Smith last year and Najee Harris last year, just like Chris Olave didn't, this, or his senior season, right? Like you, don't, you, you either come back and you smash or you come back and you do like a little bit better, a little bit worse kind of in that range. And if you do a little bit better or worse in that range, then you're kind of going to get shipped off along with the redheaded stepchildren of like the draft class where you're like, I don't know, they're fine. It's whatever, you know? So I, I like Brian Robinson. I think what, oh, he, I brings, what he brings to the table is fun. I think it's highly likely that he's going to be drafted within that kind of range. Is there, did you, oh, I don't think we got to his concerns. What's your biggest concern with Brian Robinson? Um, I didn't see him. I watched three games, the conference championship, uh, Texas A&M and Old Miss, and he wasn't on third down a lot, and his play fake is leaves a lot more for me personally to be desired. Um, I'm not sure how effective that's going to be for fantasy or anything, so sorry, people. But um, he leans a little bit before the play starts, maybe kind of tipping it mm -hmm. off a little bit, I noticed, too, as well. So that okay. might get in, in trouble on uh, some hard counts, things like that. And um, on cut blocks, he puts his head down a lot, and he mm -hmm. almost – he like I think it was – who was it? Walker – um and the Georgia game almost came through and just busted quarterback's head because of him so I don't just there are little tweaks here and there but it's just more of a gripe and complaint than anything I guess right so, no, nothing uh, nothing where it's like he sees holes and he intentionally no, goes to the outside yeah. and stuff like that right? yeah. yeah I mean yeah, yeah. he's been coached up by the best the only thing I will say is that most Alabama players where you draft them in the NFL is pretty much their peak which you're going to get you'll get okay. it consistently but I don't know if yeah. there's a lot of growth for Brian Robinson in the NFL so Take that as you wish, but I think that the highest he can probably go post-draft is probably the 
fifth or sixth running back overall because it's just juicy spot like Atlanta yeah. or Miami or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, just because like, yeah. Anyways, he he's a little old too. <laughs> he's twenty two, I think. Yeah, he's, he's a where's what's math here? He's twenty two. Oh, we don't have an age on him either. God damn it. I'm yeah. Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's 22. Uh, if not 22, then he's an old, old fucking 21. Either way, not a big issue. Age is he can only, drink. Yeah, well, age is only important for the second contract. But right. before I mutter on and continue making an utter fool of myself, which is honestly why most of you here, let's be honest, we're just fun. It's fun to laugh at me. I like laughing at me. <laughs> I do it to myself all the time. It's the self-depreciating humor. It's like my, my cozy, warm blanket I can fall asleep in at night. So I, I did ask for some questions from the people because there's nothing better than having people interested in information asking about us. And I got some very weird ones and most of my love. First one I got is, who are some players that did well last year that you should try and sell high? And who are some players that did poorly last year you should try and buy low in Dynasty? So who's your premier sell high this offseason? Yeah, my biggest sell, I think, is going to be um, either Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray. One of the two. Just because Kyler, I don't know, there's a lot of criticism and spe- speculation. No, what yeah, Speculations, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, speculation, yeah. About um, where his heart is and what's really going on and the whole coaching staff, everything that's going on in Arizona, even though I think Cliff is about to get – or did he just get uh, – He got extended. Yeah, he just him, did, okay. Him and Keem got extended, which is fucking outrageous, but whatever. That's. I was going to say, it's kind of strange to me seeing how everything played out and how they didn't – create a diversion or anything like or like a plan after D hop went down. But a- anyways, for me personally right now, Jalen hurts. Um, yeah. He might give you another back in QB one season, but I think that might be it. Unless they, I don't know. I'd rather be out and get what I can for him now. Um, I've tried yeah. him in a couple spots myself. That's fair. So. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the definition of what failing upward is. You don't get three losing seasons <laughs> at Texas tech only to land a starting gig at Arizona and then get extended for doing fucking nothing. It's insane. Well, he was with USC for like a day or like he was about to sign with USC it's for a second. It's so too. frustrating. Yeah. God. Him and Kyler are the same. Anger. <laughs> uh, I, I, I I hate those sell highs because I like them. But I think there's some good theory behind them. Uh, sell high for me. I wrote about it, but I think Elijah Mitchell's a solid sell high. I can get oh, good yeah. prices. He's going for some, some prices right now that I think are a bit wild. We'll see come – I'd sell them before the draft if you want to sell them. Which your who's your best buy low candidate for you? Um, buy low, scary Terry, Terry Ooh, All right, yeah, I like that. Um, there's been a lot of hoopla about this guy, and he is the real deal. Like this guy's putting up numbers. What he finished wide receiver twenty four according to fantasy pros, and that's with I don't know the plethora of quarterbacks <laughs> that they had. Like I'm not, I just, I still understand how people are like, dude, get rid of this guy. Like, no, dude, you need to get this guy now because if they get a somewhat fluent quarterback and they learn how to do something in the running game other than just dump the ball off to McKissick, then <laughs> he could really pop off for real. No, you're right. He really could. And it's, it's like, you know, those images of the best running backs. It's like they had the vision of, of so-and-so and the, the burst of Marshawn Lynch and it's <laughs> it like cuts the, out of people. And yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> right. Like the Washington's quarterback is like the worst of all. It's, it's like the eyes of Davis Winston yeah. and the knees of Sam Bradford and decision-making of literally <laughs> anybody. It's poor like Josh Rosen. That's who we had to deal with. I like that. I think Marquise Brown's another good buy low candidate. Yes. For whatever reason, people are just disrespecting the shit out of him. And granted, I was one of them until relatively recently, but his price, his value of acquisition, acquisition is so low. That like what he's going to be able to give you is so high. The reason he, yeah. he tailed off is because Taylor, 
or Tyler Huntley had eyes and eyes only for Mark Andrews. And that's just how this went. But I think those are some goings. I also think Miles Sanders is a really good buy low. Like you don't have 150 plus rushing attempts and don't score a touchdown to continue and not score touchdowns in the next season. Like I just, just don't understand how they didn't use him. Like it. it's, I mean, like, <laughs> it makes me I punch am, a hole in the wall, dude. I've, it is. I have such strong feelings about all of those things. But overall, he's someone I would get because again, his value acquisition is super low. So I got a question from at five wide football. He had, he says, if I have Stefan Diggs, but my team is in a rebuild mode, what is a respectable offer? So I don't want to give a like concrete answer, but like, what's your, what would be your process, your thought process here to kind of helping guide this person into like handling digs and rebuild. Okay. So was listening to a father you appeared on earlier and you guys were saying that digs was supposed to be like top three. I think it was last year. Like that's what people were thinking and they were taking them uh, for a second round. Mm -hmm. Wrong on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, to, to be able with the, with this, not like the slump of the year, but he ended up, Finishing like what wide receiver 13, 10, yeah. 8, something like something in the back end, 12 range. Um, not, so, not what you wanted, not what you wanted. No, not at all. Um, I don't know, maybe move them for a first and someone like let's see, Hunter Renfro, maybe, or mm. I don't know, born someone that's going to get you production that people are just going to be like, yeah, whatever. I would just try to get as many picks as I can and throw in a guy that I could not to replace him, but maybe bump someone up on my roster and put that person in my flex. That's just like a third down warrior. Like, Kendrick yeah, I'm with like you. So grab, grab a couple of perks and then grab yourself a guy that most people are throw away, but placeholder essentially. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's important because in rebuilds, you always want to sell your running, your wide receivers because there's so much value, but it's really important to actually hold on to them in most, in most situations. I think what Stefan Diggs offers on the field is going to be going to have some longevity past his 30 for 30 for a season. But I think your process isn't wrong in wanting to move him. Yeah. Uh, if, if I could pivot from Diggs and get T Higgins in a second or get someone in that range, you know, like Amari Cooper, maybe a really good draft, like a Amari Cooper, maybe a really good target for you move yeah. Diggs for Cooper and a first, maybe add a third on Diggs and get a second on that as well. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to move him for pure picks because picks are unstable. And while the value grows, you aren't guaranteed to hit on that. And so it, depending where your rebuild is, if, uh, at, at five wide football, DM me your team, and I'll kind of walk you through what I would do more personalized to this. But I like to kind of add in a coercion of picks and established players that I can continue building on. Definitely no running backs because that's not what your so, team needs in a rebuild. Would you want first in this year or would you be more geared towards maybe like 23-24? I mean, if I, I could rebuild, get so if I could get a first this year, I probably would if it's before 108. After 108, 109 and beyond, I'd be looking to take JMO. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? If I so my my general theory right now with this in the in a superflex draft is after the 108. I'm going to be willing to move back and acquire a first, like 108 to 201 and a first from 2023, yeah. stuff like that, because I think the drop-off from 108 to 109 is pretty steep as mm-hmm. of right now, but we'll see. Uh, at Salad Glore, a.k.a. Dallas, a.k.a. possibly my brother from a very different mother, <laughs> uh, he's asked, what's your favorite three toppings on pizza and why is it chicken, bacon, and mushroom on an Alfredo sauce base? And I just want to know, Dallas, why are you in my fucking room? Come out of my closet. Stop Spying on me, you weirdo. That's probably like a top three fucking or uh, 
ba- toppings for pizza to be completely honest chicken bacon ranch is my shit dude it's that phenomenal literally i i would have to take off the mushrooms and add onion though because i'm a weirdo and i like that crunch that's man that's but, fair um aside from that yeah bacon bacon on everything for sure yeah i mean it's there's nothing better if you guys haven't had a chicken bacon ranch pizza <sighs> shut the fuck up dogs i don't care what you're yelling about i hope that's coming up there's just the yappy dogs that get put off the bridge run burgundy style uh, anyways my the uh i hear <laughs> the toppings on pizza chicken bacon ranch and alfredo base is phenomenal if you want to spice it up at a ranch base as well it's, oh, Ooh, it's great cowabunga uh cow fucking bunga man cow fucking bunga yes. after all everybody thank you so much for coming here i really appreciate you guys it means a lot that you guys come in and listen to us uh this is a wrap for the running backs for right now don't worry we will be back but there's just better players at different positions that need to be talked about before we're talking about the lesser of this class. And we will have time. I promise you stick with us. It's uh, I do want to mention that you should be hitting up Brandon right now. We're going to have a Debbie summit for the Debbie De- or a Debbie summit, May 22nd. It's going to be six hours. It's going to be a, a uh, foundation or a charity and all the proceeds are going to go to Ukrainian refugees. So a really good cause. That's so badass, yeah, we are going to be hyping the shit out of that. When this drops, that'll be alive, and I'll be continue talking about it. Please stop by, please donate, and let's go and help out those people that are caught in just a really, really sick fucking situation. Fucking horrible, dude. It's fucking horrible. Absolutely awful. Uh, Mace, thank you so much for being here, man. You were killer. I can't wait to have you on again. Once again, let's I got reinvited. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you so much, I'll, man. I appreciate I'll, it. Let, let, the pe- let the people know where you're, where you, where they can find you, and where, where you, where you're, what you're working on. Uh, right now I am, uh, over at the IDP guys. And then on Twitter, like you said before at Cali King 49er one seven DMS are always open. Love talking football. My fiance hates talking football. <laughs> so hey, it's just me, me and too. the kids here all the time. I'm, I'm always open, man. I'm a book. So, uh, I love it. You guys know where to find me on Twitter at the FF Sandman. Again, if you need anything, hit me the DMs. I'll do my best to help you out. Thank you guys. Your time is important and invaluable, and it means a lot to spend it with us. And make sure you check in with your loved ones. Make sure you know they're proud about loved because shit's bleeding in this and it's real quick sometimes. Love you guys. Appreciate you all. Have a killer day. See you. Come on, baby. Where you at? Where you at, baby? I I feel like my fiance didn't care about football. And then she realized what her Sundays become for three and a half months. She's like, fuck all of this. Ah, damn it. I didn't start my timer. Oh, no. It's the best of the world, and you know it. Uh, 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 I love your naked ladies. No, 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 no. Wah, 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 wah.